the um, <coughs> the Buddha talked about the path of practice or applying path activity as that which breaks up the obstructions, the that which obstructs our capacity to realize a fundamental underlying peace, uh, well-being, cultivation of uh, wisdom and compassion. There is that which obstructs our ability to rest in this fundamental nature that gives rise to wise response, uh, compassionate uh, resonance, and peaceful abiding. So as we orientate within the practice and this path activity, it's helpful to to align, as Kirisara was mentioning last night, this uh, factor of the path, this first factor of the Eightfold Path, right view, to align within that and to understand that actually if we come from the position that I have to do this path, from the position of the sense of self, although obviously sense of self engages, then it tends to become something more of a struggle than it needs to be, because it's tied up with the feeling of getting there or failing or or this inner critique that can be stimulated um, as soon as the sense of self starts to operate, measure, measuring how we're doing all the time, comparing how it's going. Either, either comparing with each other or internal projections of our idealism about meditation, which we all tend to have. So to, 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 to actually from move from a different place than from the me doing it all, which is somewhat burdensome, is uh, to align with this uh, understanding that we do have something to do but actually we're allowing the path activity that we do to do the work. You know, this, this, that as we apply moments and practice in each moment, and it's only really just this much, this moment, as we apply moments of the path activity, that in and of itself, as said in the suttas, breaks up the obstruction, allowing then for the dharma, the fruit of the dharma, this is the awakening process, to unfold according according to the law of the Dharma. It's not according to our timeline or according to our will or our wish or our idea, but uh, there's a natural unfolding according to the Dharma that we just help quicken that through this path activity in the same way as we might cultivate a garden and try and make the soil and the conditions for what we're growing as optimum as possible. And then the seed that is planted that has to grow and flower and fruit within its own organic unfolding. So we could perhaps context this activity of the path as preparing the garden of the heart and the mind. And then planting the seed of awakening, seeds planted already, watering and caring and protecting and put in good manure, and then allow that to grow and unfold according to its own timeline, its own way, its own nature. 
So in some way this orientation with right view helps to to um, to energize a more uh, sustainable energy in relationship to the activity of meditation, a more perhaps gentle or compassionate or careful energy, and not one so connected with the, the sense of will and self and striving and comparing and judging. So this path is a path ever deepening here and now. It's a sense of maybe a path going from somewhere in linear time. And both really have a truth. There's a gradual, Buddha taught a gradual path. But he also made clear that this path, the fruit of that path, arrives into a deepening, into awakening here and now. So always a path that leads ever deeper here and now into presence, into awareness, into shifting the orientation of our refuge from the the uh, the circumference of our experience through the cognitive and time-bound processes that we are often embedded within into this timeless, unmoving suchness of being here and now. This path, he laid out a very clear statement that this path is really fundamentally about moving from the state of dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, struggle, suffering, constriction, reactivity that we know very well, we experience every day in different forms to non-dukkha. Through the awakening into reality, into the reality of what is actually uh, life, what is here, and not through our assumptions that we make about life, which uh, when there is a, a lack of clear seeing, then we then the mind generates unnecessary dukkha. So there is the ability, there is this practice that is taught and deepened for the overcoming of unnecessary suffering and struggle. This is the, the, the primary reason that the Buddha taught this, this path of practice. And at the heart of this path and what we'll be focusing on this morning and then cultivating through this day. And so as mentioned last night, and we've all heard the word because it's uh, very um, popular now, is (laughs) the heart of this path is the practice of sati or mindfulness. It's the English translation of the word uh, of sati or shnati in, in Sanskrit, meaning to to come back, to remember, to regather, to be here, to be here in a certain kind of way, to root the experiences, particularly of the senses. Uh, through the senses, we feel what we see, what we think, we taste, touch, etc., to root the fullness of our experience into awareness, to suffuse awareness throughout our experience, particularly starting within the foundation of the body.
So in the training, so this is a training, this practice, this patipat, meaning the practice of the path, we first will have a sense of the, the, the territory, the map, and then we apply the practice of it. And then uh, through the application of the practice, the path activity, then this fruit, the fruits appear for us to taste. This is the this is the template, and so in this practice, in this uh, theory, first of all, the practice of mindfulness, the Buddha taught that this mindful mindfulness or the practice of mindfulness or of remembering to be here, gathering here, applying a quality of attention here. He said that it is taught and that it is done for, he lays out at the beginning of what's called the Satipatthana Sutta, the foundational teachings on mindfulness, the four foundations of mindfulness, that this practice is taught for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and grief, for the attainment of the true way, and for the realization of Nibbāna. So in a way, setting out already this idea, this sort of um, movement of a graduated unfolding. This applying or coming into awareness in relationship, this fundamental practice of mindfulness is coming into awareness, into presence here and now, in relationship to our experience. And generally speaking, these four spheres of experience, body and breath, the first one, a very powerful part of our experience is the second domain of sensation and feeling. The third domain is to do with the different states of mind, also very powerful. And then um, in the mind, the contemplation of mind. And the fourth domain is all phenomena. And in particular, structures within those within the realm of phenomena that orientate us toward te- the teaching of the Dharma. So it's a very shorthand way of saying everything, <coughs> being aware and present to everything. It's all within the sphere of our practice, whatever is arising. But beginning in this graduated way, beginning with what is perhaps most tangible for us, or we help to make it most tangible for us, which is the experience of our embodiment. So today will be, just as we shift more into the retreats and come more present here, become very aware of our body internally. We have a lot of perceptions about the body that we project onto it from, you know, a lot of it from our social conditioning or how we think the body should be or our reactions to the body or our views or uh, you know, our fascination, obsession or distaste. There's a lot of that that happens around the body, our, our body, others' bodies. <laughs> A lot of lack of acceptance of our body, how it is, 
the processes it goes through, a lot of personalization of the body, take it very, very personally, feels very personal to us, it is very personal, the feelings and the processes and health of the body, aging of the body. But in the Dharma, reflecting the Dharma, the body is, is, is also nature, it's, it's part of nature's nature. It's our most direct connection with, with nature, with what is not actually personal, because ultimately it's under its own laws. The law of impermanence, the law of change. And so rather than being so reactive around our body, we start to replace the reactivity and the projected views with this activity, path activity of awareness of body, awareness within body, mindfulness within body. So already in that shift, there is a moving, deepening into this first factor of the path of of right view, disengaging from the being so activated into our personal reactivity and coming more into the actual direct experience. What is body? How do we experience body? So in the graduated way that this training is is laid out by the Buddha, he talks about this ekayana maga, this direct way of awakening. He encourages us to first find our body. (laughs) That's actually quite a big thing. (laughs) Let's just find where where is it. Usually it's this thing we drag behind this very fast-moving mind with its agendas, you know, until it plays up and, oh my God, I got a body. (laughs) Doesn't feel too good today. So first of all, finding our body in a very deliberate way is why we use these postures, you know, in a very sort of quite deliberate way of slowing down and sitting and walking in these retreat forms helps us find that we, we have a body here. And this body is, uh, is, is incredible, actually. It's an incredible doorway through, our, through which our awakening unfolds, within which our awakening is experienced. So it's not about removing ourselves from embodiment, but deepening into our embodiment on all levels. So finding our body sitting quietly or in a place that is at first, this first training in mindfulness, in awareness, is to deliberately remove ourselves. First, this is quite a conscious act and, a, and an act that we realize we can do. We don't always have to be on the front lines, reacting, stressed, overwhelmed, suffering. But from we can consciously remove, this is called viveka, to take tension and all that that's implied and focalize it instead to take it from as is laid out in the beginning of the sutta from the the hankering and the longing for the world the grief and the disappointment for the world 
you know, the upset, you know, how, how much that um, we can um, feel so upset and disappointed and concerned and stressed about the world, you know, not to say that's not important, it doesn't have its place, but if we're constantly in that mode of reactivity, we're at our least optimum ability to respond to this world. We're rooted in awareness and mindfulness with optimum capacity. But this training, first we're removing, and and also from the endless uh, covetousness, hankering, I need something more that I haven't got yet. This is the first step of the training, this viveka, to withdraw. It literally means to withdraw, to move back, to take refuge. First of all, in the body, taking the body to a to natural environment, a calm environment, supportive environment like here, and then training to withdraw the citta viveka, the, the mind-heart from its preoccupations with regards to the world and all that that implies. So putting away and then instead, as we find our body, placing, it's in the sutta translated as placing in front of us, placing mindfulness in front. This means really to make it primary, that our task here isn't, the primary thing isn't to sit and figure out what should we do about something or cogitate about what happened, but to begin to trust the path activity itself. That's to place as primary this very, very simple practice of being present. Simple, but not necessarily so easy because of the momentum of the habits of the mental activity in particular, which has a lot of speed, a lot of momentum, a lot of going out all the time, particularly through our, through our cognitive processes or into a speculative mode or into anxiety or planning and so on. So to place primary, even those steps today, to practice those steps again and again, to remember to be here, to find the body, to withdraw the tendency to be drawn into worry, anxiety for the world, and to come back here Awareness is primary, presence is primary. So then as we start to orientate within within that, then the training goes on, the steps, we encourage a few more steps that we practice today. And the body, uh, the Buddha encourages as we find the body, as we place, as we, we commit to being present, as present as we can, then we're present in a particular kind of way. In this first training, we're present to the body. 
and within the body to the experience of the breath. And the Buddha then talks about the long breath and the short breath or different kinds of way we experience the breath. And this is taught in different ways. The way that I quite like to work with this or have been taught is that either one can take a slower and more deliberate deepening breath, which we'll do just now when we do the practice of the theory. And this can be very, very helpful just to learn as we find our body to, to actually take a slow, deep, full breath. I feel the breath energy and suffuses through the body. And then a lengthening on the exhalation. Even this, a few breaths like this, starts to orientate our experience of the body in a different way. The body starts to subtly awaken, energize, subtly dissolve some of the stress and the tensions. Helps us to be here more. So this is a practice we can take through the day, through our lives, three or five slowing and deepening breaths. And as we do that, we can train attention to track that breath, to feel that breath as it enters into the nostrils and suffuses and increases and expands down into the lungs and belly. You can feel the subtle suffusion of the breath throughout the body and feel that as sensation can even for a moment even just subtly hold the breath at the end of the in-breath you feel that suffusion of the breath energy and then on the exhalation you feel the release of the breath and experience that as breath and as sensation. So this gives the attention, the mind, something to, 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 to sort of hold on to, feels, feels a tangible experience. So why these more deliberate breaths are helpful is it does give a tangible experience of the breath within the body as sensation and then one can just let the breath come to its natural rhythm and this long breath is the practice of tracking the whole experience of the pathway of the breath from when it enters the nostrils down through the body And then the exhalation. It's a very tangible sign to be aware of. Short breath sometimes described as when there is a certain calming that starts to happen and you might find you don't need to follow the whole pathway of the breath but the attention just settles within the breath energy which we experience as sensation. The breath isn't just the in and out of the inhalation and exhalation, but is the wayodatu, the the vibratory movement that we experience as sensation within the body. All of this is breath energy. So we might find then the attention coming just to a sensation within within the experience of the body. 
you can choose that place or you might be drawn to that place within the body and you just rest there. As a, as a, uh, as a sort of fulcrum around which awareness starts to, to build, embodied awareness starts to, to, to increase. So then the Buddha goes on, being with the breath in this way, noticing the breath in this way, then said in the Sutta, Sabakaya Patisangwedi, which means then feeling within the whole body, experiencing the whole body. And the way that the text says this, it's interesting, is it's not so much observing somewhere from the outside in a disassociated state, but the implication is Sabakai, the whole body, this whole physicality, to feel with, to feel with the body, to feel particularly in this regard the sensate experience of the body, sensation of the body. This is the first aspect of the training, to feel within the body as sensation. And that, if you notice, is again less personally activating Sometimes when we feel the feelings we feel, we just go, oh my God, why am I feeling this? And what does it mean about me? And what does it say? And I'm a mess or (laughs) it's a hopeless, I'm a hopeless case. (laughs) All our inner narratives get activated. But this is quite dispassionate. It's just like feeling particularly a sensation within the body as particularly in regard to the breath energy which we feel as movement and vibration, and in particular maybe the central pathway of the experience of the breath, as, it, as there's the inhalation and the exhalation. And then the, 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 the last part of the steps that we'll be practicing the, today is as we start to orientate around breath within body, body within breath, to... to work with the breath to and this awareness within body to calm calming the kaya to calm not only the physical body but the mental and emotional bodies these three primary um, conduits of energy that we experience calming the bodies This this doesn't have to be a big project. <laughs> it can be even in small moments. This moment we can, even with one deepening breath with awareness, we can taste a little bit the fruit of that. Just a little bit more settling or embodiment or presence. So also I encourage as we work with this practice today to not wait and sort of plan like if I just do this, you know, already planning our year-long retreat so we can get there. <laughs> you know, some subtle jhana that we read about. But to actually here and now keep recognizing the fruits. They're here, they're always a piece, the, the, the underlying piece. The innate awareness of, of you know, the conscious aware presence 
which is the jitta of the heart, mind, suffusing that within the body, feeling also within the body, not only there's maybe some of the stress or the tiredness, or, but feeling also places within the body that are light, spacious, pleasant sensations. So we notice also that, that quality of well-being. We attune to that, not only the problems and the difficulty. This, uh, this is the, the conscious cultivation of what's called the, the pleasure of meditation, a pleasurable abiding. So we don't only have to rely on the senses and objects of the senses for some sense of kind of sensory hit which we feed on, but we can begin to explore this inner refuge that gives rise to dwelling in well-being in a very, very simple, accessible way. So, beginning by finding, doing a little practice of this, finding our body, and for some of you who are comfortable in this uh, sitting postures. You've perhaps done a lot of practice. Some of you are new to this. If you're new, then please, um, and it's not so um, familiar for you to sit these longer periods of time or to sit in these postures, please do feel very, very welcome to explore how to work in a way so that you can maintain your comfort and well-being as you explore um, entering a period of formal meditation like this. So if you need to, to move from a cushion to the chair, or if it gets, uh, you get, find your, your body getting overly stressed and um, giving rise to pain, then maybe just stand up for a moment and then come back to the sitting so we really want to emphasize this main maintenance of, of well-being and easefulness in the practice, not just making it a big sort of tough out, tough it out, you know. Um, there is that style, but um, actually <laughs> has, has some benefits, but I think more beneficial to, to orientate within the practice right from the beginning, from focusing on, on cultivating a, an easeful wholesome, supportive abiding. So finding your, your posture, and then as encouraged by this um, teaching in the Satipatthana, to begin by this, the body being, as it says, upright, which meaning generally that you feel this sense of lengthening through the spine, which is opening through into the chest, area and down through the torso. And then as you feel that, also feeling down into the belly and into the buttocks and then the, sensing the pressure of sitting on your chair, on your mat. Just that sensation can help orientate, that's the stronger sensation of pressure can help orientate to finding the body.
And then rather than feeling that what we experience has to be a particular way, we begin by receiving our experience of the body and all that's present for us with uh, kindness, with patience, with openness. And for now, encouraging ourselves to just put to one side, we can return later, but to put to one side, to be able to say not now, to the pressures of whatever draws us out into our lives and the world around us, to put that to one side. And bring the fullest attention that we can to here now, And if it's helpful, maybe beginning after an exhalation to slow and deepen an inhalation so you really feel that inhalation coming into the body, feel it coming down into the belly. If you like, you can just hold the inhalation for a second or so, feeling the suffusion of the breath through the body and then on the exhalation, slowing and lengthening the exhalation. So if it's helpful, you can try, say, three of these kinds of breaths or more. As you do this, noticing any pleasant sensation in particular in the body. Maybe subtle tingling, lightness. Allowing this, the breath energy to suffuse up into the brain, and the face, and the head, the shoulders, and the torso, buttocks, the pelvic area, the legs, the arms and hands and feet. Remembering you can come back to these deepening breaths at any time that you find helpful as we allow the breath just to come to its natural rhythm and pace. And beginning to feel your way into being with the breath in a way that feels comfortable and accessible for you. It can be tracking the length of the breath as it enters the nostrils, expands down through the body and then the exhalation, the sensations of that. Or it might be more just the general rhythm of the expansion and contraction within the body, the sensation of that. Whatever you 
focus, whatever way you focus within the breath, just staying with that for the next five minutes as your meditation object, your meditation experience, practice.
A subtle calming of the body on the out-breath particularly, just subtly releasing and softening on the out-breath places where we hold in the body. So um, <clears throat> this is essentially the, quite a, a lot of of words. Essentially, a simple practice for us to do today, and just this returning, this being here, um, using the experience of being with breath to help steady. And just uh, as I was mentioning right at the beginning, to allow that in and of itself to, it's like taking the medicine to begin to, to, uh, to affect um, the, the um, process of our awakening. It's a path activity that we're applying that medicine. And remembering to do that with, with a lot of patience and care. Um, so as a practice of can keep returning again and again, however long we've been doing this, however much of an expert we might feel, always um, starting again. So we also take the same practice from the as taught in the in the foundations of mindfulness in all postures, all activities. It's not just about sitting, but also as we move around through the space that we're sharing. And also um, we can cultivate this 
this more transitional um, uh, mode of the walking meditations are a transitional practice in some ways, a practice unto itself, but also between the more still sitting and then the activity of daily life. So walking meditation, which we'll do now for um, 45 minutes at this time in the morning, just to say a little bit about that, is a, it's a really um, very beautiful practice in, unto itself. Um, it's something that um, our, our teacher Ajahn Chah said he, he was his favorite practice. He loved, loved to do it, something that even from the time of the Buddha, the disciples did a lot of walking, didn't, they didn't jump in cabs and fly on airplanes to basically pretty much walk everywhere. Um, so it's a very big part of, of the practice, became part of the practice. Um, and it's, uh, it's sometimes taught in a more stylized way. It's come through the Burmese schools, it's very slowed down and very stylized. In a minute I'll show you uh, for the help of slowing and really focusing and can also be taught as in the as in the style of Ajahn Chah in a more sort of uh, natural pace of walking. So you can feel into what way you uh, would like to do it, and you can explore one of the aspects when in um, in the training of mindfulness is to apply these practices with a quality of of. Um, Atapi, which means sort of like interest, but also uh, inquiry, exploration. So that uh, you can explore what would it works for me, how how to work with this in a way that is uh, supportive. So in this in this um, in this practice of the walking, I don't know if this will work. Lifting this in. Whole thing. <coughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.